Beyond all the cameras and screens, viral videos and hashtags, God is at work behind the scenes. Benjamin Franklin said, The longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs the affairs of men. Whether we realize it or not, even today, if you look closely, you'll find evidence of history in the making. From our studio on Capitol Hill, I'm your host, Brad Wells, with Joe Kirby and Andrew Friedenstein. Pastor Wolven, it is so great to have you with us today. Why don't you just uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been pastoring there in the Columbus, Ohio area. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. It is a blessing to be able to be on air with you. Uh, I was born and raised in Ohio, basically. My dad was on staff at Cleveland Baptist Church. He was roommates with uh, Dr. Roy Thompson, Dr. Larry Clayton back in Bible College, and so he was in uh, Cleveland serving the Cleveland Baptist Church when I was born, and so I'm a Buckeye by birth. He had pastored Amen. some other churches, started a church in Philadelphia, <laughs> even pastored in Tampa, but uh, my junior year of high school, he went back on staff at Cleveland Baptist, and so I was able to go to the Christian school there at the church in my junior and senior year, and my senior year started dating uh, a lady who is now my wife, we both went to the same Bible college. We we got married before our senior year. We graduated, and then 1982 came back to serve at our home church. And so we were there for 13 years with Dr. Thompson. And as Dr. Kevin Folger became the pastor, he asked me to be our senior associate pastor. So I served with him for seven. Mm-hmm. And then this church in uh, Columbus, North Columbus Baptist Church, had gone through some difficulty, and it was actually uh, birthed out of our church, and the Lord made me aware of some of the situations that was here, and the Lord led us here in March of 2002, and so I've been here ever since. So I'm a Buckeye by birth, and a Buckeye uh, in everywhere that I've served the Lord, and when I die, I'll... Well, just be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Well, I was Buckeye born and raised as well. I couldn't stay. You know, I'm in D.C. now, but uh, uh, I'm with you on that, though. I love uh, it's just something special about being a Buckeye, which, if you don't know, is basically just a worthless nut. The only thing that's any good that's for exactly us. That's exactly right. <laughs> the only thing that's good for us picking it up and throwing it at somebody. That's about it. But, hey, we're proud of being a Buckeye. So <laughs> Now, Pastor Wolven, you have... Um, gotten involved in serving and ministering to your uh, state government officials there in Columbus, but you didn't always do that. Why don't you take us uh, through a little bit of journey, uh, and a little bit we'll talk about more what you do specifically, but take us through a journey maybe how God worked on in your heart and what he put in your life and brought you through as you realized that uh, there was a great need uh, to serve uh, our government officials. Well, thank you. I have had a burden since I will say things like uh, the Capitol is pretty much in our backyard. Now, not literally, but uh, we're on the north side of town right off the uh, northern outer belt. But um, it only takes me 20, maybe 25 minutes to get downtown and uh, to be able to be right in our state house. And I've been burdened uh, many times in the past and I've prayed for quite a while of how can we be effective in reaching and being a voice 
there was a gentleman in the state of Ohio back basically before the days of the Internet that uh, always informed and was like the eyes and ears for uh, Baptist churches all across the state uh, to let us know what's going on and would inform us whenever there's good bills and bad bills. And mm -hmm. uh, he since has uh, become a pastor and is no longer doing that, probably the last uh, eight to ten years. And so there was a there was a need, and somebody invited me to the Capitol Connection there in D.C. And so uh, I went and was just at the end of the end of the meeting. I, I said, I can do this. I mean, I can just go and meet and, and pray with people. I didn't make any public announcement. I talked to uh, Brad Cranston privately and said, I'm going to go back to uh, Columbus and I'm going to be start doing this. And the very next Tuesday after I got back, I went down and I just started knocking on the doors of the representatives and senators and introducing myself and praying with them and begin to, to just uh, minister to a group of people that basically I've ignored for 34 years unless uh, there was a zoning issue or a church bus issue and I wanted to jump in and yell and tell how upset <laughs> I was, but basically ignored them all the other time. Hey, Pastor wow. Wolven, how long, as you began to knock on doors, how long before they, I guess, warmed up to you being there and realized that you weren't going away? Some I have not yet. <laughs> they wish you'd go away <laughs> and i'm not just talking uh, about whether they're red or blue right uh but uh you know uh, as a whole everybody's been very pleasant and everybody's been very engaging and uh, of course whenever i started doing this i represented nobody except the lord jesus christ and north columbus baptist church and i basically started to knock on people's door make an appointment and sit down and say, I, I have no agenda. Uh, I'm a pastor. And we tell our people that they need to be thankful. And the Lord uh, convicted my heart. I just wanted to come in here and say, thank you for your public service. What can we do to help? And it just uh, blew people away. I uh, had a one, well, everyone would mention it. But on one instance, a lady said, uh, I've been in public service for 34 years. No one has ever made an appointment just to come in and say thank you. And and they were wow. just overwhelmed. So that's wow. sort of what I what I began doing before there was any kind of organization called Awake America Ohio. Wow. Now, how long have you been going down to your state capitol? About three and a half years now. Okay. And I'll go uh, one day a week. And uh, it's generally one day a week, uh, sometimes a little bit more. Sometimes if they're not in session and known as there, because we have a what is called a part-time assembly here, although many of them are involved pretty much full-time. But uh, when they're not in session, I try to take that one day and try to uh, uh, advance uh, our uh, purpose with the pastors in Ohio. So... I basically dedicate a, a one day a week. Some, so many people have the attitude, well, maybe we could summarize it like this. It takes years and years to develop a, an authentic relationship or a few moments to purchase one. I think a lot of people have that idea about the federal government or the state government. So how is it that uh, you are able to overcome that suspicious attitude that everybody's 
out to get something? What what was that trigger that changed your heart? Well, what changed my heart is that I was convicted that I had ignored a people group with the gospel. I see. And so I have not had the opportunity. I've talked to three legislators in three and a half years about the Lord, but I don't go soul winning whenever I'm on their office time and, and their work time, but I'm trying to establish relationships. And as I meet people outside of the state house, that's whenever I'm able to really uh, make more of an effective witness. But I, I was convicted yeah. that, I mean, I've prayed for our president um, for well, whoever it would be, Right. for almost 22, 23 years every day, mm. unless I've been ill. Uh, and, but I've just basically ignored a group of people with the gospel, and the Lord really, really burdened my heart about that. So you're not coming in with any uh, little personal motive. You're coming in just as a Christian, as an ambassador of heaven, as a as a ambassador of Jesus Christ coming in, seeing people as eternal souls and saying, I need to to make a difference. I, I applaud that. And that's what we need to see more and more of throughout our nation. That's wonderful. Now, Pastor Wolven, as you started doing that, um, you know, you mentioned at first it was just you. Uh, you are just representing yourself and your church. Um, but now other pastors have kind of gathered around you can you maybe explain, uh, maybe if someone is not familiar, what that looks like or what that process was? Um, I guess really, just how do you explain to people what it is you do and how it is other churches and pastors there in Ohio can get involved with what you do? Certainly. Uh, well, whenever I came back, it was uh, March, and just jumped right in in both feet and. I wound up uh, very quickly finding out among representatives who they knew had a good testimony and other uh, individuals, and the Lord just uh, allowed me to cross paths with some individuals, uh, a Christian lobbyist. Uh, yes, there are some. And uh, uh, <laughs> I, I went out to eat lunch with him and said, you got to teach me how to do this and how to, how to, you know, what the program is, basically. And so... I learned a lot from him, and then uh, in the summer, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, Dr. Kevin Folger had already made an appointment with Brad Cranston, uh, who uh, oversees all of these state initiatives, and uh, where they wanted to start a chapter in Ohio, and so uh, that had already been about nine months in the works, and by the time he came in July to sort of set things up, uh, I was already uh, involved in doing this, and so they said, "Well, why would you be interested in doing this?" And a, uh, you know, as the as the lead person, and so then we became much more organized. And I do have to say that uh, Brother Cranston, with all of the technology and the uh, the programs that is used, is an absolute phenomenal tool. Amen. Yes. Uh, I, I'm so impressed, and so uh, he is. Uh, He's definitely behind-the-scenes guy, but uh, what an integral part that he has been. And and I call him often and uh, sort of touch base and, and catch up. And, of course, he'd been doing a state initiative in, in Iowa now for, what, 12, 13 years. So oh, yes. he's got a lot of 
a lot of years under his belt, and uh, the first of anything is always you're nervous. Uh, and, and so uh, uh, he's been a great help. Now, what you've been doing this for about three and a half years. And so what's kind of the first thing that pops in my mind and probably other people's minds is, okay, have you made a difference? You know, what, uh, uh, you know, we all like to see results. We're results-driven culture and everything. You know, a lot of people about stats and likes and retweets and, you know, all this different stuff. Um, but for us looking from a, a spiritual perspective, have you been able to see an impact in representatives or have they told you? Oh, absolutely. It's been a great difference. And a couple of the things as the Lord has brought about here in Ohio, um, I guess probably the first day that that the Lord sort of encouraged me, oh, was probably after I'd been doing this about six months, I was walking down the hall at State House, and a representative called me and said, Pastor, Pastor, he left his other group of uh, representatives and and it called to me, didn't remember my name, uh, but I uh, came over and he said, I'm glad you're here. Can we have a word of prayer? I have a, and I, I won't go into it, but I have a relative that's uh, going through cancer surgery coming up in a couple of days. And I wondered if we could pray. Mm. And so, you know, that was the, that was like the first, after six months, I was the first sort of confirmation of, oh, okay, somebody, somebody does know that I'm here. And the meetings that we've been having and the inroads that we've been trying to make, you know, it, it does look like they're, that it's making a difference. So spiritually, we never know. How many times have we, have, you, have we had the opportunity to talk to somebody who somebody's given them a gospel tract somewhere or they left it on the seat of a, of a bus or a, 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 a commuter train? And uh, you find out years later that that person accepted Christ and is faithfully serving the Lord. And, of course, many things we won't even know till we're in heaven. So uh, I know the Lord prompted me to do this. I know the Lord did not prompt me to resign my church and do this. So I believe that it's going to be compatible with our overall ministry. But, but uh, we've seen some tremendous things there. And then in addition to that, um, uh, as we're making relationships in our uh, Ohio primary, I made relationships with uh, Mike DeWine, who was our uh, attorney general at the time. I met with him for probably about an hour privately, and we asked a lot of, asked him a lot of questions. And uh, where we don't endorse, but I was with another Christian group that does uh, some endorsing, and since then I've been asked on the board of Ohio Value Voters, and so. Uh, uh, we were able to get behind him and encourage people. I, I was a, I was a faith co-chair here in Franklin County for the Mike DeWine campaign, which just basically means I called people up uh, all kinds of churches in the area and said, have you ever seen a statement of faith? You need to look at this. Uh, his position is a Catholic man, but his position on life, his position on religious liberty and his position on uh, on uh, biblical marriage. And so he doubled down and redefined that in clearer terms. Normally, in the primaries, people are specific, and they go to the generals, and they become much more ambiguous. But he became much more specific after the primary before the general election. And so 
being involved in in that small way. I didn't post signs, didn't uh, make videos or anything like that. Just called churches up, uh, pastors, and said, "I sure would like for you to notice this, and I can send you the link or." or uh, mail it to you. And that's all that I did. Didn't tell people they need to vote Democrat or Republican, but just uh, I sure would like for you to consider that. And so since then, even more doors have opened up and uh, there's 16 pastors uh, from what is called the evangelical groups in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a, uh, Mike DeWine, our new governor has established a, um, an evangelical faith advisory council. And there's 16 pastors on that uh, uh, advisory council. We meet in person uh, once, and then we'll meet on uh, teleconference once. And so we're looking forward to our fifth meeting coming up here in November. And uh, five of those on the council are independent Baptists, so that's a blessing. Wow. Wow. Now, what is, on a council like that, you know, you're on that council, what specifically— is the purpose of that council, um, you know, what role do you serve the governor as? It's an advisory council, and he can take our advice or not, but uh, it's on issues and topics uh, that would be germane to uh, his perspective uh, as he's the chief administrator here in our state. Uh, we've gone over different topics and encouraged him, and, of course, uh, we, we gave him an uh, award uh, for his stand on uh, life mm-hmm. and uh, on as, in our meeting. And then the very next day, he signed the uh, uh, the uh, heartbeat bill uh, here in Ohio that would make it basically illegal for anyone to perform an abortion uh, once they detect a beating heart. And so uh, that, that's been a blessing. But uh, giving our voice of, uh, and our perspective and uh, then it's going to be a trust building and a trust earning situation where we we don't go into a lot of things that have been discussed unless he would ask us if we're comfortable to go ahead and express uh, his point of view on different things. Not that we are uh, speaking for him, but that we would uh, relate to others uh, his perspective. Now I'm going to ask you this question. And it might be a little bit difficult, but we're going to put you on the spot, Pastor Wolven, and see see how well you like this curveball here. So uh, you're an independent Baptist, and of course we know each other. I know where you stand on the Bible and and everything like that. But this is, you know, in part of this uh, advisory council, there are other people on it that are not independent Baptist. Now some people might say, "Oh, that's an ecumenical, uh, uh, you know, association that you're a part of." How do you square that biblically? Um, what's your, you know, your take on it from a biblical perspective that, yes, I believe the Bible allows me to be a part of this group? You know, what's, your, what's your biblical basis for that? That's a great question. Um, every pastor that's on this council is a believer. And so there are not any unbelievers there. There are some that uh, we would uh, like to talk about and further discussion perhaps maybe about baptism or perhaps maybe about the charismatic movement. But uh, every one of these individuals has uh, a very clear testimony of their personal salvation in by grace, through faith, not of works. 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so um, we furthermore, we don't put out positional statements uh, as though we are all united and we're all making this declaration. We're just there to give a voice and uh, the voice that we can give to Governor DeWine incorporates some independent Baptists. The voice that some of the other brethren are able to give will encompass, uh, you know, uh, the group that they normally are uh, uh, actively engaged in. So, uh, you know, I look at it more as an opportunity to have a seat at the table. Uh, I think too often we've 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 left that seat vacant, and then are wondering why people don't react the way that we would want them to. And it's because we've given up our voice. Well, thank you for answering that. Now, with all of this, you are a pastor full time. You got a great church there. What effect has this ministry had on your church? Well, uh, I, probably the best people to ask that would be our church members. Uh, but uh, because I am not gone all the time, because I'm I'm local, uh, you know I, I can I can go visit a, a shut-in. I can make a hospital visit, and then en route I can see a couple of representatives and senators, and then continue with my day. So uh, it's it's somewhat local. I can meet up with people for lunch or meet somebody after uh, uh, after they're done in their workday. So uh, it's not necessarily something that that I am uh, gone and I'm missing, that's where it's a blessing. I know that there's some other uh, states where the pastor may be two, three, even four hours away uh, from the capital, and so it becomes a uh, much more intensive uh, to be able to do those things. So uh, all in all, and of course, I've been trying to be inclusive to our church and encourage them and let them know what we're, what's happening here and there. And, and then secondly, I don't talk about it all the time. About the only time I really talk or mention much is when we, on Wednesdays, go through our prayer sheet and we pray for a, a national figure every day. We pray for a state uh, every week, a state senator, and then a uh, two state representatives. And so I'll mention uh, this is so-and-so, and they're from this area. Uh, they're Democrat or they're Republican, or uh, they are absolutely a born-again believer, have a great testimony, or pray for them. They've had uh, some cancer with their children. So that's about the only way that I really, uh, really talk much, unless it's a, a great event that will happen. Uh, people praying, as our church did, that the heartbeat bill would go through and that it would get signed and those kind of things. But, uh, you know, I, I don't talk about it a lot, but I do uh, thank our church family for the opportunity to be able to, that, that, that did, they do allow me to uh, be able to add this to our overall church ministry. So it almost sounds like, to me, you're treating it as just part of an outreach and a ministry of encouragement and maybe some discipleship, just as you're going out and about as part of just your weekly routine as a pastor ministering to your church, but also into your, you know, for you, it's very local. It's your local area. Um, yes, sir. Yep. Wow, that is that is awesome. Um now, have other pastors in Ohio, I know some other ones have uh, are involved now. Uh, i got a multifold question about how many pastors are you know, involved now in Ohio or engaged, and what has been the 
overall reception, I guess? Do most pastors kind of um, catch on to the idea pretty quickly, or some still kind of hesitant? You know, it seems like some people have the idea that, you know, politics is dirty, period. You know, it, it's it's of, you know, Satan's involved in politics, and, and there's satanic influence there and everything, so it's just dirty, just stay away and, you know, don't touch it. What has kind of been the reception maybe to some other pastors in Ohio as you're talking about the um, the ministry you have there? Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say this kindly, and uh, and say that I hear that all the time, and very kindly, that's a cop out and that's an excuse uh, to ignoring what is going on around all around about us. Uh, but yes, I, I hear that quite often. Uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I'm not trying to uh, make myself like a king, but there was a group of men after Saul was anointed king that a group of men that whose hearts God has had touched. And I've got to be honest here in the state of Ohio, uh, what I'm doing and the effectiveness that all of us as a state uh, are really able to do is based on a long history of tremendous independent Baptist churches in Ohio. And so because we have so many good, solid, uh, and historically just tremendous churches, at one point in the, in the 1950s and 60s, I think there were almost 45 or 50 churches in Ohio that were running 2,000 or more. independent Baptist churches. And so uh, we've got a great foundation that to my record, there are 478 that I know of independent Baptist churches in Ohio. Uh, Now, you know, that may incorporate a a little bit wide uh, loop, uh, you know, out of those 470 some, how many may have the same stand on the scripture or the same, uh, uh, you know, performance of uh, music that we all have, we're going to be different. We do believe in the autonomy of the local church. I know what I believe. I know where I stand, and I don't ever believe I'll, I'll change by the grace of God. But uh, as far as overall, there are many churches in our state, and I know the hardest thing that we're doing, we're in, we're in year three, and in my mind, I was thinking it was going to be a four-year project just to get everybody's contact information of the pastors so they're aware of what's going on. And so, uh, uh, but out of those, out of those immediately, there are many good men that have already been involved who know their representative or senator or county commissioners. And, and so they, they actually were much more involved than I was for a long time. So in some respects, I'm a Johnny come lately to this. So I'm not uh, upbraiding anyone for uh, what they what they have not been doing. Uh, but as it's presented uh, to to look the other way or to, to think to ignore it, I think we're doing a great disservice uh, to our state and, and overall to the Lord. So uh, but uh, there are some men that have jumped in and gotten involved. And there's others who, when they found out what was going on, have gotten heavily involved and and thank God for that. That that's that's the goal of what we're doing. 
That's great, Brother Wolven. And what what would you say to the average believer, you know, the church member, as their pastors are maybe involved or very involved? Uh, how can pe- you know, how can your fellow Buckeyes uh, out there in your yes. state um, make a difference, uh, just as an individual? Well, first of all, understand the purpose of it. Um, does every church have a bus ministry? No, not everyone. A- am I behind the bus ministry? Uh, absolutely. I've been working on church buses in some degree since I was in seventh grade. Uh, but um, will everybody in the church be involved in the bus ministry? No. And so if there is a ministry uh, for our uh, legislators and public officials, is everyone going to be involved in that? No, no, they're not. But some people may already have a have a heart for it. You know, you you introduce the bus ministry in a church, and some they're like, Pastor, I'm on, let's go. Others have to sort of be be talked into uh, the idea of almost permitting it uh, until they understand and experience how important that it is. And the way they do that is by personal testimonies and and by seeing the evidence of the hand of God working. Uh, And so in the same way, with some kind of a legislative ministry, not everybody's going to get involved, and not everybody gets involved in every single ministry in their church. But once you begin to see the hand of God working and moving, and uh, it's really exciting. Let me tell you about this. Uh, We have a, a brother that is in our Columbus area, but on the other side of town, and he's been very involved. And uh, so he, of course, had been inviting many of his uh, local officials, and he invited his uh, state representative uh, to come to church and um, and speak. And then another instance, that representative just showed up one morning. And so he, like we all do, went and made a visit on him that week, uh, just thanked him for coming. And that guy was so impressed that he would come out and just tell him, thank you for coming to church. Maybe he doesn't know that we do try to do that for everybody, uh, that they have become instant friends. And uh, he talks to him often, texts him, talks to him, prays with him. And now uh, he's been appointed as state senator. And so, uh, you know, here's an independent Baptist preacher that, that really has the ear uh, and the heart of a uh, of a legislator, uh, and not that we're trying to manipulate somebody, but at least they know what we're coming from and what our concerns are. And so, uh, you know, and it's happened multiple times in multiple places. I could tell you of of uh, probably ten or twelve other pastors in our state who, through Waco America Ohio and the connections that they made, uh, now have uh, uh, have really ingratiated themselves. Uh, with their legislators and uh, and are really encouraging them and, and a source of strength. That's really wonderful news. It seems like, you know, the, the politician of today is almost like the publican of, of the New Testament where they're looked at, uh, maybe looked down upon as people who are greedy, who are, you know, self-motivated uh, um, and self-serving, and yet to go out there and to be a friend to that, I guess what would be considered an unlovely or unlovable person, uh, they're really crying out in a way because people are only coming at them to get something 
their true friendships are hard to come by because you think somebody's always working an angle. And for a pastor to just come say hello in, in a genuine face, I just want to let you know that we care, really is making yes. an impact and difference. That, that's exciting to hear that that is happening. And I'm glad that pastors are really catching that vision that these are men and women who just need a pastor. They need somebody to care about them. And that is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. We're so thankful for the work you are doing there in Ohio and encouraging other pastors to come alongside, do the same thing. And like I said, those who are already doing it, um, it's been exciting to see this team come together in Awake America, Ohio. Amen. Let let me uh, step in and uh, just remind those that are listening Um, Here's what I tell all of our legislators. I am not an elected representative of the independent Baptist churches in Ohio, but I will tell them all the time. uh, I don't speak on their behalf of all of the 475 independent Baptist churches, but I will tell them that basically our independent Baptist churches, when you look at them and poll them politically, 90 to 95% of us will all vote the same way. And so if you've spoken to one independent Baptist pastor, you have a pretty good idea on what all of the other independent Baptist pastors think and their congregation basically uh, believes. And so I don't want to in any way, I'm a state director and and all that we do is we are trying to facilitate uh, the engagement of making relationships. And if we can help any pastor, any church, in any way to, uh, to make those relationships, that's what, that's what we're trying to do. It, it is not a, uh, it, this is not an organization that is built on from the top down. It's an organization that is built from the bottom up. Hey, Pastor Wolven, say someone's listening to this and says, you know, they're in Ohio or maybe somewhere else and they have some questions. Uh, what's a good way that they could maybe uh, reach out to you? Uh, the best email for this would be director at awakeamericaohio.com. And I'd be glad to try to uh, give, give any help that I can. Uh, whenever I was uh, praying about whether or not we wanted to go into this organization, I spoke to the director at that time of North Carolina and the director at, uh, in California, and it was very detailed and asked them how much time does it spend, how much energy does it spend, does it, how much does it take away from your church, as I was really wrestling with these things. And of course, for each person, it's going to be in a, a different situation, but uh, I appreciate those that have helped me. And of course, uh, Brother Brad Cranston there in Iowa. Uh, but. Uh, Certainly, I'm glad to encourage anybody that that I can. Well, thank you, Dan, for joining us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this History Makers edition of this podcast. Be sure to listen each week and find hope from history. Learn more on our website, awakeamericaonline.org. Subscribe, share, consider partnering with us in prayer. We love to hear from you.